0: Good day and good evening to anyone listening to this podcast as we are now on episode number four of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we drop episodes every Monday on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. We also are available on different platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Pocket Cast, and Spotify. Joining me today from NBACollapse.com, he is Matt Evans, and today we will dive into the NBA G League bubble format in Orlando. Matt Welcome aboard. And where can they find you at on the social medias?
1: Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure to to finally be on here. We had to uh, reschedule a a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm happy to to be on. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, you can find me uh, mainly on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Matt Evans And then you can also find the call-ups channels at NBA uh, MBA Call-Ups on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then obviously the website, mba call All
0: right. Thanks for joining us, Matt. So Matt, I- I've got to ask you, ever since I started following you, uh, where did it where did this project of mba call start from? And and why and why was the uh, and what led you to start this project?
1: So yeah, it kind of there's no straight answer for it really. It was kind of an accumulation of events that led to um, the website and the platform being what it is now, and there's still events occurring right now to this day that's kind of f- forming and well, transforming the website into different directions and things like that. But the uh, probably the the best way to explain it is that I was working on another project I cover the NBA, um, and I had some contacts at the South Bay Lakers uh, because I was doing uh, work on on the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, And my interest in the South Bay Lakers kept growing and growing, and obviously they're a G League outfit. And then from there, that stemmed my interest in the wider G League, just wanting to, as I wanted to know more about the South Bay Lakers, I wanted to know more about the, the league as a whole. So with obviously covering um, the NBA at the time, I thought that, well, where can I get more information about the G League? So I looked around and uh, there's a few platforms out there, not a lot of platforms. And because the limited amount of platforms that were out there led to me coming up with the thought that there's a little bit of a gap in the market here to create G League coverage. And from what I could see around on social media and, and things like that people want to gd content people want gv content uh, especially with the new ignite team that has been been created now more than ever the, the league is ever growing it's getting bigger every single year and at the moment we in my opinion we're, we're just at the bottom of a, a steep incline that is going to rapidly incline so i kind of thought to myself there's a bit of a gap in the market here why not jump in and take really and it's it's grown from there uh, very quickly as well
0: well uh that's kind of like the way my project got started you know i have a local g league team here i also have a a usl championship well, soccer you know, team and but we won't get into that but the, i center it more, i try to center everything towards uh those lower league sports uh, here that we call it here in the, in in the united states and quite frankly, it, I you could say that the local media market down here, while they do give it coverage, it's not its uh pro its primary point. And the reason why I invited you on is because you 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 covered the you started covering the G League extensively, and there have been a a number of changes. Even this. This season, we were supposed to see a team from Mexico City, but that didn't come to fruit. But now, what I want to talk to you today is about the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, the last defending champion of the G League, and they've had a lot of turnover from the time they were crowned champions all the way through now that they're going to Orlando. Orlando. And they have assembled a pretty good uh, little roster, uh, highlighted by the return of Ray Spaulding and some of the more recent acquisitions of, of the likes of Kenny Wooten and mm-hmm. some other players that they were sent down by their parent affiliate, the Houston Rockets, on two way deals. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's dive into it. Uh, let us let us start with uh, some of the returning players. As I mentioned before, Ray Smalding, he was lost. Uh, well, he was called up to the Charlotte Hornets uh, organization uh, late into the season, but yet he was uh, perhaps like that team veteran that everyone rallied upon. And he was uh, one of their more productive players uh, before getting called up. And then you also have the likes of Sean O'Shea, who was starting uh, to turn that little corner a bit. He was a seldomly used player, but he kept hanging on, hanging on until his opportunity arised. And then the last returning player on this year's roster was William McDowell White, a native of Australia someone who played and he was also one of those players who couldn't find his groove until that late part of the season
1: yeah so I mean there are three um intriguing and very different players at the same time from from my understanding of them uh, I was uh, speaking to you obviously before joining uh this podcast and uh, I don't uh, directly work on Rio Grande they weren't the Vipers uh like directly so my knowledge of them isn't as extensive because I cover the the, the, the league uh mm-hmm. as, as as a whole um but obviously uh, I, uh you got in contact with me shortly after I did the uh, roster preview so uh, I had did break down each player kind of had a bit of a look at, uh, at the uh the production of them in recent years and uh Ray Spalding, I, I really like I think uh, he is, he was an absolute necessity to bring back. Um, you know, he holds NBA experience as well. Did relatively well uh, with the Suns, averaging 4.2 points and 3.7 rebounds, which doesn't sound like it sets the world alight. But when you're in the, uh, you know, the growing prospect area of, um, you know, your, your career, that that is. Decent production and then 13.9 points, 8.5 rebounds, two assists, 1.2 steals, and 1.7 blocks across last season, um, with the Vipers and the Swarm is is very good production. They're kind of the numbers that again, 13.9 points doesn't set the world alight. But you're seeing more players with them types of numbers getting called up nowadays. Um, you know, having having consistent numbers over all five statistical categories is, is very important. It's very well-rounded, as versatile as the G League is. Um, you know, I think them numbers are absolutely vital and uh, it'll be interesting if he, he does get any uh, NBA interest as, as the season um, continues. And then obviously, you know, Sean Osius and McDowell um, White, um, it's probably not as much of a sample size to really judge them. Um, obviously, both rookies last season, both averaged um, quite small numbers, but in their defence, um, OCS, 9.9 minutes played per game. Uh, McDowell-White, 11.8 minutes game uh, played per game. So, you know, they're kind of just pot minutes really here and there. It's not really enough to kind of judge them, especially at the young age that, that, that they're at. Um, so I would expect to see some growth from them too um, in the bubble. Um, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what their roles will be because there's been some very big uh, players bought in on you know the affiliate side of things, um, tryouts, drafts, obviously two ways as well. It's going to be very interesting to see what their roles are um, moving forward. But I think uh, Ray Bolden's role on the team should be should be set in stone. I think. Okay,
0: let's move on with the two-way players and Broderick uh, Thomas, who is one of those. Uh, two-way players another of those two-way players is uh mason uh jones who uh who was signed by the rockets uh, via uh arkansas the university of arkansas who had some l- very very limited minutes with the rockets if any and those are your two your your two two-way players that are on the roster
1: yeah i think uh Two very, very different uh, players in where they are um, at present time. It's it's not not in terms of like their, their, their stature because they're they're both identical in a way. They're both two way players. Mm-hmm. They're both um, on two uh, sorry. They're both rookies as well on two way on two way contracts. Um, you know they both. Uh, I'm just looking here. They they had quite a uh, extensive. Um, uh, college career as well, um, but Broderick Thomas doesn't seem to have had the same looks that Mason Jones has had this season in the NBA, who has impressed hugely. Uh, you know, you look at you look at in the loss against um, uh, San Antonio, um, I believe it was uh, that was when they played back to back games against, and they won the first game and they they, they lost second. Uh, he had twenty four points, uh, six rebounds, four assists in the NBA. Um, you know that, that, that that's that's incredibly impressive I mean just the the game before he had nine points uh, which is which is incredible in itself and he had 10 points in the game after that so that's a very uh, impressive impressive spell um, in the NBA that he's had and then also as well uh, most recently he has 16 points um, five rebounds three assists against the Dallas Mavericks and that's in only 19 minutes which is very important to, uh, to to look at the sample size there. That's incredible production. Um, you know, in only 13.3 minutes per game, he's averaging 8.6 points. You know, the, the, the efficiency there is absolutely through the roof, shooting 30, uh, 58% from three as well, which is just, uh, it's quite a small sample size, but they're very impressive numbers. They're numbers that you certainly don't expect to get from a rookie two-way player that shouldn't really be hitting the court that much to be honest, um, it's not that I don't want him to hit the court. Uh, fully, fully, I'm down for these uh, two-way rookies to to be getting as much game time as, as possible. It's just within their stature, uh, within the team on on such a contract and being a rookie, you normally don't see that. So it's incredible that he has been uh, been getting them in. minutes. as the Rockets have been doing quite well, uh, well, very well since the trade as well. So it's been a, it's been great, and he's a JUCO product as well, uh, which is another. Uh, reason to like him really? Um, how, how can you not uh, like him? I think Roderick Thomas hasn't obviously hasn't played as much, but I think as a senior uh, in in college, he averaged twenty one point four points, seven point two rebounds, three point two assists, and one point seven steals. Um, you know he uh, he he shot forty one point seven percent from range uh, in college as a senior as well. So you know he's got that shooting touch. As I said, them numbers are very consistent across the board as well. Um, uh, 21.4 points obviously shows he's an incredible scorer um so obviously he holds uh, he holds he holds a lot of promise as well. Uh, but yeah I think in terms of them two ways it's hard to not keep uh, Mason Jones from the forefront. he's been incredibly impressive this season.
0: Okay, let's move on to the next three names on the list today that really just grab my attention. We'll lead it off with Josh Houston's. Uh, who played for the Austin Spurs. And then you've got uh, Kenny Wooten, who, who was a player for the New York Knicks organization and the, uh, with the Westchester uh, Knicks as well. And then uh, Josh Reeves, who you have also may have heard of in other G League teams.
1: Yeah, you're talking the main bulk of the roster now. You're talking the players that we're going to see a lot of uh, as the the bubble uh, progresses. And uh, um, I think starting with Josh Hughes, know, 76 NBA appearances to his name. uh, Quite heavy usage with OKC uh, when he was there um, in the 2017-18 season. He actually played 69 times for the team he did only hold uh 2.3 uh points and 2.3 rebounds averages um but but still that's uh, very impressive to be uh to have that much um nba experience to his name he's 29 years old so he's a little bit older uh, but i don't think that's against uh him at all you know he's held uh, 128 g league appearances obviously with with the blue but, you know kc's affiliate and and the spurs like you mentioned so uh yeah, I think um, he's definitely going to be a centrepiece of, of this team. Uh, last season, he went overseas and signed for Bayern Munich, a very, very established team in a very, very established league overseas. Um, he did only average 4.2 points and 1.9 rebounds, but I think it's very important to, to look at the, his shooting numbers. He shot 39.5% from beyond the arc. So as you're starting to break down these players, you're starting to see the shooting potential that the Vipers have uh, here is 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 very exciting. And as you move on to uh, Kenny Wooten, I think he's the, uh, he's definitely the the star of the team in my opinion. Uh, to get a player of that caliber in uh, on a G League roster is is huge for anyone. Um, as a rookie, uh, he played for the Westchester Knicks. I don't quite know how he didn't get in the NBA. To be honest with you, he should have should have really been in the NBA. But sometimes it doesn't it just doesn't really work out. Um, he only averaged 7.6 points, 6.1 rebounds, 1.3 assists, uh, which aren't you know eye popping numbers, but his 3.6 blocks is is, is huge. You know his rim is huge. Uh, his 65.1% shooting from the field last season is huge. Very very versatile, very efficient. Um, you know defensively, he's going to be very big for this team. Uh, one thing I do want to say about uh, Wooten is that he only averaged 24.9 minutes per game, uh, and he sat. Second in the league in blocks, um total blocks. He was second as well. He actually led the league in block percentage and sat tenth in offensive rating. It's incredible statistical numbers there in a very limited amount of game time. To be honest with you, so you know if we see him get what thirty minutes per night, uh, them numbers could elevate. And I really do think that he is going to be the star of the team. I think he's a. A really big coup. it'll be very interesting to see if he's going to get picked up uh, on an NBA call up halfway through the bubble that could be uh, something that we see a lot of um, as the bubbles underway and then Josh Reeves was the last one It um, was on a two-way with Dallas Mavericks um, and the Texas Legends uh, last season um, he spent the majority of time in the G League 13.7 points um, yeah very very um, very efficient numbers five rebounds 2.9 assists 1.9 steals um he didn't really get much of a look in the NBA so it's hard to see him as an NBA talent at this point um he did actually play in the NBA playoffs which is a uh, uh, quite intriguing and unusual for, for a two-way uh player um so yeah I think uh I think there's a definitely out of them three players that you just said there's a lot of scoring potential there's shooting potential there's rim protecting potential uh you know we're starting to see the versatile roster of the vipers really take shape in the, in them three names and then
0: the last three uh armani brooks who has some g league experience playing with the Co- college park skyhawks uh jerron uh, cumberland and Trevelin queen and Traveling Queen, for for me, is a very, very familiar player because uh, he was a graduate of New Mexico State. And thankfully, here in the United States, I was able to see a lot of a a traveling queen. Uh, He eventually became uh, one of the main pieces of New Mexico State when they were uh, hit with the injury bug last season, uh, prior to shutting down with COVID. And and I got to see the game where Armani Brooks just went off last season against the Vipers. And this was prior to shutting down. And I really like th- those two players to re- to really complement the system that Coach mm-hmm. Mahmood likes to run, which is a lot of a run and gun, a lot of a, uh, a, a, a quick one pass, try, try to shoot uh, – type of system a uh, live and die by the three if you have to uh, type of offense
1: yeah yeah I think that uh, you know you're saying that a uh, live and die by the three type of offense that's really the modern type of offense isn't it really that's really the modern game that we have grown accustomed to seeing over the last I would say decade but potentially over the last uh, five six years um so I think. Uh, you know, if that's the type of offense that you want to run, obviously it's an offense that the Houston Rockets have uh, have, have he- been heavily influenced by um, in the uh, in the James Harden era. Um, but yeah, I think uh, if you are looking to implement that type of play, I think Amoney Brooks and um, uh, who was the second player that we were talking about, Trevlin, Trevlin Queen, yes,
0: uh, Trevlin. Are,
1: are definitely, uh, you know, two names that you want on the roster um if if that is what you want to do i mean starting with armoni brooks um as as it sounds you are as well I'm a, I'm a big fan i'm a big fan of his game he was very accomplished at college you know his sixth man of the year in his conference in 2018 um he did make the second team um all AAC, all aac roster in 2019 as well that's obviously with with, with Houston. Um, and then, obviously, he entered the, the professional ranks with the College Park Skyhawks. Um, I think ten, this, primarily off the bench as well, as he very much looking at a, a, a flamethrower piece um, to kind of bring in when you need that, that scoring punch. Uh, 10.7 points, 3.3 rebounds, 1.1 assists. Quite a well-rounded player. I think what you need to be looking at there is the three-point shooting, 39.8%. Um, very impressive as as a rookie in in the G League and uh, again just saying them numbers we're starting to see this like you said the run and gun um, you know live and die by the three uh, style just come at you from just looking at these names and descriptions on paper um, let alone what we're actually going to see them like in in the bubble but you know if you're going to do that you've got to get established uh, shooters in and uh, Armani Brooks is, is certainly one of them um, I think uh, traveling Queen, uh, it sounds like you might know a little bit more about him than me, but he certainly looks like he fits that, um, that uh, you know, within that kind of like realm as well. You know, 38.7% uh, shooting uh, for, from range as a, as a senior. Um, and then that obviously, not amazing numbers uh, during the 2019-20 season, but his shooting potential and production across the board um, obviously saw him get a training camp tryout with, with the Rockets. And, uh, you know, we're seeing him. He's a player that's moved around a lot at college as well, which I don't think is something to look at as a negative. Uh, I think he's a, he's probably a very, obviously, I haven't actually spoken to the man, but I imagine that he is very mature. Uh, you know, he's got a very uh, a wide outlook. Um, he's obviously experienced a lot. Uh, obviously comes from um, a bit of a military uh, background as well, who's at New Mexico Military Institute. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I imagine he is a, a player that, that will probably contribute in a variety of ways, but I imagine he's got a mature head to contribute in whatever way he's, he's given and just get his head down and, and work. But again, as uh, you see in these three-point shooters rack up on the roster now as we, as we, as we continue.
0: And as I'm being joined by Matt Evans of nbacallups.com, Matt, you were talking about earlier about the NBA uh, G League Ignite team. When The schedule was released just a few days ago. These teams won't meet until late in the bubble schedule. What do you kind of foresee in this G League format? there's going to be two two locations with games going on all day so uh, you might have some, some of your work cut out because your team might uh, the, G, uh, the ignite team may be playing uh, late on at night while i have to watch the vipers play early games in the morning
1: yeah it's uh, it's quite a contrast isn't it i think yes. um upon looking at the uh, the um the schedules I don't think it's going to be too bad there's a lot of I think they're 11 a.m eastern time games which obviously for me um over here in Europe they will end up being uh probably like uh early evening mid-afternoon uh time which uh is quite well suited really but you know as as or well, it's not just me that does this but when you're covering the when you're covering the NBA G League just basketball as a whole on this side of the pond you've got a you got to be really tuned in on them late nights, uh, being quite tired and battling through it. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm really looking forward to it. I think um, the Ignite team are, are certainly very interesting. Um, I, I cover them very heavily. I'm in the media availabilities for them, have a lot of contract, contact with them. Uh, so I think that I, I will keep it as interesting for now. I don't quite know what they're going to do. I think a lot of people are... Uh, hyping them very heavily, we saw them play in the uh, December scrimmages. Um, footage got released in them December scrimmages as well that kind of show the the high flying dunks and and flashy side that you know Jalen Green, um, you know Jonathan Kaminga bring as well as the other prospects. But it's very important to to remember that they lost the first game, it was quite a close game, but they lost it. The second game was a blowout loss. Uh, quite a heavy loss Uh, so I think sometimes you see it in the NBA it's great having young players it's great having young prospects but can that translate into wins that's the most important thing that we're going to see with with Ignite um I think they they obviously have the veterans that they've 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 brought in obviously uh um, Amir Johnson is a very notable name there, uh, but they also have some very established names for anyone listening or yourself that that know about um, that. You know, they've got Cody Demps, they've got Reggie Hearn. Um, you know, they've 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 got a handful of established uh, G League uh, uh, names on their on their roster as well. And then obviously they've just brought in Donta Hall, who's another very established. G League player who I think probably should be playing in the NBA, to be honest with you. I think he's very unlucky to not be playing in the NBA. And I think that is a player that we will see called up midway through the bubble. And then obviously we've seen Jarrett Jack as well. is their latest one of their latest additions. So uh, it's whether they can complement the, the, the young players with the old players um, to kind of create that winning mentality. But it's going to be very interesting when they face off. You know, you're seeing a shoe and vibe side. Uh, that should be like Southland 3 uh, has a lot of young talent, established talent, you know, that's not quite as young as Ignite, but that's Mm -hmm. a similar kind of, uh, you know, similar kind of um, setup that Ignite have. So it's going to be a really interesting clash of styles when they face off.
0: You know, one of the things that that really interests me about this uh, new product that the G League is rolling out with their Ignite team is just, giving those players the opportunity to to bypass the college system here in the United States, knowing that they have the talents to go uh, professionally if they so uh, desire and skipping what we call here in the United States, the, the one and done rule. If, for me, I, I, I was kind of like against the idea of forming this team, but now seeing the way that the G league has taken off and done uh, a pretty good job with this, uh, with this team bringing in a handful of, of veterans to kind of a uh, teach these young guys, the, the ropes, as we should uh, call it here in, in the United States. Uh, that's probably the, the most interesting thing uh, about this team is that you, you, you guys, that there's, The players on that roster that do have the potential to fill an NBA spot if if NBA teams so desire to go on the uh, affordability side with everything that's going on and you also have these uh, veteran players who can also kind of use this team like as a springboard to potentially get called up which is Uh, Why I I really follow the the G League a little bit more uh, closely than the NBA teams, because here you're just like one one NBA injury away from being called up or your one suspension or or any anything like that to being called called up into an NBA roster and just uh, follow their development as time goes on.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh it's quite interesting. I was uh I was on the opposite side of things when uh, when I heard about the Ignite team. I was very much all in on it. I was very much uh down for that. I think there's a lot of argument around you know whether college players should be paid. Um, obviously there's the one and done ruling, which some people agree with, some people don't. Obviously, we might see the end of that very soon. Uh, I think having the power to the players is something that I'm all for and I think this is just another way of of doing that really and we're seeing it in the NBA as well you know where we're seeing uh, your players uh, uh, determine where they want to play where they want to be who they want to team up with and we're just seeing that at a lower level really with with prospects you know these are these are young players these are very talented players and uh, you 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 did allude to it briefly there that you're only an injury away you're only a bit of a mishap away from especially when you're when you're chasing the draft, you know, from, from it all changing. So I think, obviously, from the financial side of things, these players want to earn as much money as they can early on. You know, the Ignite team offer that. Um, but then they also offer, um, you know, NBA development. You know, you're seeing Brian Shaw as a coach, a very established coach, uh, you know, five-time NBA champion as a player and, and coach as well. So, you know, you can't really... I was very surprised that he, they managed to grab someone of, of that stature to come in and, and, and coach. I think um, it shows the intent of it. I think it shows the intent of the NBA putting Ignite in the bubble. And I think that if it wasn't for Ignite, we might not even be seeing the bubble, uh, to be honest. I think it might have just been a void season. It might have just been a season that didn't happen. So I think having Ignite is a huge reason why um, the bubble is happening altogether, really. Um, I think uh, j- uh, from what I've seen in the media availabilities, and I've spoken to Jalen Green, um, Jonathan Kaminga as well, uh, I think that they all want to be players that forge their own path I think they all want to be players that are different and, and do their own things uh, I think that this is just evidence of that, um, I think the prospects are very intriguing I think Jalen Green you're going to be seeing going in the top three, Jonathan Kaminga you're going to be seeing going in the top five um, Isaiah Todd Maybe like a mid-late first. Uh, you're seeing Dacian Nix, in my opinion. I think he should be a late first-round pick. I don't think people have him that high. From the footage I've seen of him, I think he looks very, very good. A, a ball handler. Yeah, you know, He's very strong NBA-ready body as well. I think he can, he'll impress in the bubble, I think. I think you'll be looking at him in the late first round, maybe early second. Kai Soto, who obviously the Filipino star at this point so popular um i think we're going to see him maybe in and around the second round it's going to be very interesting because for people that don't know he's actually going to miss part of the bubble to go and play internationally will that hurt his draft stock will it not will he get back into the bubble he'll have to face an extended quarantine period we don't know it's if it's if ifs and buts with that but you would think that he would be somewhere in the second round principal Singh. Uh, it's quite an unknown um, prospect at this point uh, from India. Um, I don't really know what his future is. Um, I think he's definitely no no disrespect to him is definitely the lesser of them names. Um, but you know, I think uh, Coach Shaw said two days ago on a media availability that he will very much be part of of it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be very intriguing to see how the Ignite team develops now and moving forward as a long term project and where then prospects go in the short term. There's some very, very exciting names in that list.
0: Now, the last question I will ask you be, before we go, what eight teams do you see making this playoff bubble? Uh, now that you have ta- had some time to, uh, like, look at, at all, all the rosters that were put out, what eight teams do you see uh, making that little
1: playoff? Yeah, that's a that's a really tough question. You've got me right at the end there. Um, I uh, I uh, obviously some of the rosters are still coming up. Mm-hmm. I think we got a few yesterday, so it's quite hard to get in and, and break them down, especially as we've had a lot of ignite coverage over the past few days as well. Um, but I think that uh, I, I just, that's it's really tough. Uh, I think I like the Delaware Bluecoats. I think they look really good. Um, I think. You know, they've got, like, Jamario Jones, Ivan Rab. Ivan Rab will play a similar role to uh, what Kenny Wotton's doing with uh, with the Vipers, in NBA-ready player. I think he looks, he looks great, and they've got a lot of... Comp- Obviously, they've got... How did I forget him as well? They've got the uh, reigning G League MVP as well, in Frank Mason as well. So, uh, yeah, I think then with a lot of, uh, you know side pieces that they've got in jared brownridge michael fraser the second brandon sampson uh, you know um, a couple of names that are familiar to me on
0: on that delaware roster uh, uh michael fraser i mean he was such yeah. a like about player for the vipers uh when he would be sent down and and then of course uh, one of the other names that you had mentioned he was a a, a college player uh, from new mexico state uh, i've i also got to see him in person and and for me, I, I think he would be one of those players that would be deserving of an NBA roster spot anywhere else mm-hmm. just because of how good he played in college. Uh, and, and that's just my opinion. And then, of course, you got Rab, who should all also be in an NBA roster, you know. And it's yeah. good, kind of good that there's a platform like this uh, available in the United States where, you know, you're just that one step away, instead of having to go overseas uh, to take up a corner spot and, and, and like kind of like halt that the international game uh, growth over there a little bit that hampers it.
1: Yeah. I think Ivan Rab's like stuck in between like the NBA and the G league at the moment where he's probably, Probably is too good for the G League. but He's probably not good enough for the NBA. He's like caught in that middle ground. One player that I really like out of Delaware, who's an absolutely fantastic player, he has been in his first two seasons in the G League and obviously has represented the Lakers in the NBA as well as Jumerio Jones. I think he was a draft pickup. I'm surprised so many teams passed on him in the draft. I think he's an absolutely fantastic pickup for them. I really do think he's one of the best players in the G League when you're looking at versatility and, and well rounded um in production. I think it's absolutely brilliant pickup. I think uh, is that oh, there's a lot of names. I think the Aerie Bay hots are strong. I like Jalen Adams. He he led the the uh, pro A in the, in France in, mm-hmm. in scoring uh, before opting to enter the G League bubble. They've also got Amari Spellman as well. Um uh, Jacob Evans. There's a lot of MBA names there, and they're part of the uh, flex assignments from Washington as well, where they have linked with uh, the Capital City Go-Go. They've got just, Justin wright Foreman, who was on a two-way deal with Utah last season. They've got uh, Jared Utoff as well, who were, had uh, he was in the bubble with with the Wizards. I think the Fort Wayne Mad Ants look look very strong. Look very 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 deep. They've got Anthony Lawrence, who was picked up, uh, first pick in in the G League draft last season. Josh Gray, who I think is a phenomenal scorer. Um, uh, I think he actually led the league in points last season. Nazmi Trulong, uh, Jalen Lequeu. um, Obviously, they've got the two ways. Cassius Stanley, who was a a Duke product. Um, He's a rookie um i think they look very strong very deep um a lot of players like devon robinson ray hammonds uh you know they're, they're all all players jakeen and gan they're all players that we've seen in and around the g league i think uh I think they look really good um and then i'm just actually like flicking through uh the, some of the rosters as, as we speak, and actually and uh and uh, I don't know too much about, um, I, have, I haven't looked into this team, but I think their roster looks quite intriguing. Is The Memphis Hustle look good. Uh, don't know how they managed to get David Stockton, but somehow they managed to get David Stockton. Uh, I think uh, he was on the books of South Bay, and I've heard uh, with, with from speaking to my connections at South Bay that he just wanted to play in the bubble. Uh, he was overseas, I think he was in South America, and they traded his rights to memphis so i think he's a huge pickup for them um and then uh um i think another one that i do have to mention raptors 905 look good they always look good they're incredible at um at just working out of the genie. to be honest with you gary payton the second i think headlines them another pick in the draft i don't know how many people um passed on them um nick stauskas is an nba vet exception um, and then, before I go on too much, I'm probably going on too much as it is. It's just so much to break down. How can we, how can we not mention the Santa Cruz Warriors? We have to mention the Santa Cruz Warriors. Jeremy Lin is going to headline them. Um, it's something that we've we've seen for, uh, we've seen reported for a long time now. Uh, I think uh, he is going to be huge for them uh, as he eyes return to the NBA. But as we kind of like veer away from. The, the, the lights and uh, lights, camera action that he does bring very a star-studded player. I think it's going to be interesting how Nick Omanion does in the bubble. Uh, he's on a two-way deal. He's got sent down um, to uh, Santa Cruz. So it's going to be interesting to see how he performs. I think Dusty Hannes is, is, is a great player. Uh, he's obviously to the G League listeners out there, will know a lot about him. Zach Norvell as well, I think, is a is a fantastic player. He's been in and out of the NBA, actually. Uh, we see him back in the G League, as a, in the bubble, um, and and yeah, they've got a lot of returning players, as a Reese, uh, Ryan Taylor. Um, if uh, they picked up uh, 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 Alex Tupain as well, who who's a who they picked up on, on, on affiliate rights, uh, a bit of a, a, a French uh, spark there. Uh, he's one player that I'm quite big on as I'm actually based in France at the moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how, how they mesh really. And uh, yeah, I think weirdly enough, I think everyone looks strong. I don't know who's going to be good. I don't know who's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think unfortunately we don't want to see it, but I think injuries uh, could play a big Deciding factor in who performs how, how they do and uh, uh, who performs the way they do, sorry. And uh, I think call-ups are going to be interesting as well because it's good having the likes of Jeremy Lin on your team, but if he goes and averages 30 points per game in the first five, he's probably going to get called up to the NBA and then he, he's gone. Uh, same with Alonso Trio at um, uh, Iowa Wolves as well. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy time, but as I'm sure... You are as well. Uh, I'm incredibly excited for
0: it. Yeah, I mean, mean, for me on paper, this probably looks like the most competitive G League season we might have in a while, Uh, Mm -hmm. barring any injuries, barring any call-ups. I mean, on paper, this probably looks like one of the more uh, stacked G League uh, leagues that we're going to have quite a while, uh, despite having the absence of of so many other NBA G League franchises on paper. Uh, But Matt, I, I will leave you with this question though. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be that breakout player that will not get called up. My prediction will probably be for me, uh, Gary Payton, the second. And, and probably following him would be David Stockton, who both played for the South Bay Lakers at, at one point which were coached by george carl's son which is i, I think mm-hmm. a very mesmerizing and legendary thing because i as a kid got to see george carl uh, be in the playoffs in the nba and you had those epic rivalries with the uh, sonics and, and jazz and in uh in john stockton and, and of course uh, gary payton glove mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think uh I think it's difficult with Gary Payton because uh, he, uh, Gary Payton the second, that is obviously Gary Payton is, is, is his dad. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think. Uh, the second
0: and, and of course, uh, D- David Stockton, the son of John.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think, yeah, David Stockton's kind of a player that, that seems to rummage around the G league quite a lot. I think Gary Payton, it depends the numbers that he comes out with. You know, you saw him at South Bay absolutely erupt at the start of last season. And that, that, pushed him into into the NBA um last season or the season before. I can't remember now. Uh, so with the uh with the season suspension that that we had, it's kind of mixed everything up for me. It's crazy how we start in the 2020 season, uh well the 2020 21 season in January of 2021 is uh, is absolutely mind-boggling. Um but yeah I think uh yeah it depends whether he does get called up or not. I know he's on the uh the radar of a lot of uh, NBA teams I think that I've said them before, but I think Josh Gray is going to be a lights-out scorer for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Not sure whether he will get called up, um, but I think he will be uh, very good. I think Jalen Adams for the Erie Bayhawks will be an incredible scorer as well. Uh, Whether he gets called up or not, I'm not sure he he will get called up. Uh, And then another name that I have mentioned as well is Jamario Jones. Uh, I think he will be absolutely fantastic for Delaware. I'm not sure whether he, he will get a call-up. He just doesn't seem to be getting call-ups. But I'll uh, I'll leave you with a player that I didn't mention, uh, just to kind of give the listeners another name instead of just repeating the same. But I think uh, Sir Dominic Pointer of the Canton Charge, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how he reacts because he was really good at the collegiate level uh, with St. John's. He looked like a Draymond Green type of player. Again, Speaking about them, five statistical categories, well-rounded skill set. Um, a bit of a Jimario Jones type of player. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he produces. Uh, I haven't actually got these stats right in front of me, um, but I believe he actually broke a record. Um, I can actually get it up for you right now if you give me one second. He broke a very, very impressive record. I've got it here. So... He he became the first player in G League history last season to record both 80 blocks and 80 steals in a season, uh, and that was a season which ended up being cut short. We still had about you know a quarter of the season to go in terms of the remaining regular season games and the playoff games. He finished second in G League Defensive Player of the Season voting and uh, finished in the All Defensive Team. So I think that's certainly a name to keep keep an eye on. He was very unlucky. Uh, back end of last season, he got called up on a 10 dayer by the Cleveland Cavaliers just as the season sp- suspension hit. So I think literally like a day or two into that 10 day contract, uh, the season was suspended and he never got his uh, opportunity, uh, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think uh, he is a player that is very much on the Cavaliers'. Um, uh, radar, uh, but whether he does get called up or not, I'm I'm not sure. Won't set the light or the world alight with his scoring or anything like that. But keep an eye out on, on him uh, yourself and obviously the listeners as well. He's a incredible, well-rounded skill set. You're going to see a lot of offensive action, strong drives to the rim. Dunks, flashy layups. And then you're going to see a lot of defensive energy as well. He's an absolute dog on defense, a lot of aggressive blocks and and post-ups and things like that. So I would say keep an eye on Dominic pointer from the canton charge.
0: All right. Thank you, Matt Evans of NBAcallups.com. And once again, where can they find you at?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, for, for team player previews, recaps, um, news around the G League, head over to our website, NBACallups.com. Pretty pretty easy. NBA Callers will also find our... The username NBA Callers will also find our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, that's what we we run off. Uh, if you want kind of a bit more day-to-day coverage on in kind of a bit more of a simple form where you're not looking at fully blown articles to be reading, Um, Matt Evans CU is my uh, personal handle on Twitter, which is very much dedicated to covering the G League in bite-sized tweets and and things like that. I feed through articles there as well. So I would say if you follow me over on my personal account, you will kind of get the best of, I would say, both worlds. But I think there's about four or five worlds I've just mentioned there. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, Matt Evans CU on Twitter and you will get everything you probably need if you're interested in the G League.
0: All right. Many thanks to Matt Evans of mbacallups.com. Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, we look forward to having you soon again.
1: Yeah, but thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and Spotify.
1: Thanks for listening.